0: Welcome everyone to a brand new edition of Learn About World Cuisine. The show that takes you on a culinary tour around the world. Today's topic, the first part of the show, we'll talk about the Maldives, which is a perfect island paradise if you're looking for a winter vacation. The second part of the show, we'll talk about the foods that are eaten at Christmas. And I got fun facts. That is a fascinating segment. Fun facts about the foods that are eaten during Christmas. So let's get started. The Maldives are an archipelago of 26 corals and 1,200 islands. It is a paradise for beach lovers and diving enthusiasts. The Maldives are an independent nation of islands located in the north-central Indian Ocean, southwest of Sri Lanka and India. The population of the Maldives is just over 521,000 people. The biggest attraction for the Maldives is the stunning beaches and the crystal-clear waters. That is why it is a very popular destination. Malay is the capital city of the Maldives and the largest city in the Maldives. And it is known for their colorful buildings and their huge markets. So you might want to go to the capital city when you visit the islands. The Maldives are very vulnerable to rising sea levels. And there's a legitimate concern that it could go underwater. One of the things that the Maldives is very known for are its luxury resorts. And those resorts attract many people. Uh, It's actually very popular for people to spend their honeymoon in the Maldives. And it's very popular for celebrities to go to the Maldives. A lot of these luxury resorts are located on private islands. So that's another attraction to the Maldives. You can actually have your own island that you can, buy, you can rent. So you can have a luxury resort on an island that is private to you. So that's why a lot of celebrities go to the Maldives. Although most of the citizens in the Maldives speak English, their official language, which I'm not going to try to pronounce, is similar to the language in Sri Lanka. The Maldives is predominantly Muslim. A very large percentage of the Maldives is Muslim. So they consider it to be their official religion. And we're going to get into some laws uh, that, are, that are in the Maldives that are there because of the official religion being Muslim. The Maldives have the best diving spots in the entire world, according to professional divers. All right. There are two distinct seasons. In the Maldives, one is the dry season, which runs from November to April. And the second is the wet season, which runs from May to October. But I want to make it clear, it's warm all year round. So even though you have a wet and dry season, it's warm all year round. And we're going to talk about later in the episode that a lot of world travelers think that the wet season is not so bad in the Maldives compared to other uh, places around it. okay? The Maldives is home to the world's first underwater hotel. Now I'm going to talk about this. They actually have a hotel that is under water. and because their waters are so clear, Uh, That makes the scenery at the hotel from your hotel room to be fascinating. Uh, So the Maldives is the first area in the world to have an underwater hotel. Uh, The Maldives is 99% water and just 1% land. So water activities such as snorkeling, diving, and sailing are very popular things to do. In the Maldives. The cultural heritage of the Maldives is very rich and vast. So they have a very rich and vast cultural heritage. The cuisine of the Maldives. I'm going to touch on the cuisine in in, uh, in a few minutes. So not only will we be talking about Christmas cuisine. But we'll be talking about Maldivian cuisine also. The cuisine of the Maldives is known for its seafood and coconut-based dishes. Coconut plays a major role in their cuisine. Okay? But we're going to talk about the cuisine after we talk about the area. Professional surfers also consider the Maldives one of the best places in the world to surf. There are strict rules in regards to alcohol. Now, here's what I'm talking about. It's a predominantly Muslim country, so there are a lot of rules and laws because of that. So there are strict rules in regards to alcohol in the Maldives. And alcohol is pretty much limited to only being sold at the resorts or the tourist areas. And they do not allow alcohol to be consumed in public areas. All right. Uh, Snorkeling, fishing is also extremely popular in the Maldives. I think the point I'm trying to get across is anything that has to do with water is popular in the Maldives. The largest population of whale sharks in the entire world is located in the Maldives. Education is very important to the citizens of the Maldives. And the literacy rate is a whopping 98%. Wow. 98% literacy rate. Uh, Here are some more things that make millions of tourists go to the Maldives every year. They are known for their wellness retreats. Okay. And yoga. Yoga so if you're if you're into doing wellness retreats uh the maldives are the place to go and yoga is very popular uh in the maldives photography so if you're a photographer that likes to get beautiful uh captions a lot of photographers go down there also all right here it is the letters d h o n i s r is a unique mode of transportation only based in the Maldives. It is basically a particular boat that they use to bring tourists from island to island. So you have a archipelago with a bunch of islands. Uh, in order to get around island to island, they have a certain specialty boat that is unique to them. Lots of things have been implemented to protect environmental conservation in the Maldives. They take that very seriously. I mentioned earlier that one of the main attractions is for honeymooners to travel to the archipelago. But what's becoming more and more popular in the Maldives is weddings. A lot of people are hosting their weddings. Uh, Down in the Maldives. As expected with any island nation. There are a lot of very exotic marine species. Such as dolphins and turtles and other marine life. Here's another thing I found interesting. In addition to them having an underwater hotel. There's actually an underwater restaurant. That's right, you heard me correct. So you can actually go to a restaurant in the Maldives, and it's underwater. So you could be sitting there uh, watching the beautiful clear ocean as you're eating your meal. I think that is fascinating. So the restaurant is actually underwater. I'll tell you what, that sounds awesome. Okay? The Citizen's have been very skilled shipbuilders for years. So the citizens of the island have been very skilled shipbuilders, and shipbuilding is still one of their specialties. A lot of the resorts are very eco-friendly, and being eco-friendly is an emphasis that the resorts have. As I mentioned earlier, the Maldives are homes to whale sharks, which are pretty unique. So they actually have a whale shark, shark research program that is conducted there and it is held annually. As with a lot of island nations, there are many underwater caves. Uh, here's an important tip for my world travelers. So if you're one of my world travelers that are looking for a great winter vacation, here's an important tip. American money is accepted in a lot of the resorts of the Maldives. But if you're listening to this show outside of America, and 88% of the people downloading are, they accept most major foreign currencies. There is a national museum which celebrates the history of That is located in their largest city. And I'm not going to get repetitive in this episode. All right. Uh, But it seems like everything I'm researching about the area is that it's basically uh, known for their water activities and their beautiful beaches. But they have something called seaweed farming. And it's a particular way that they farm seaweed. And that is a very unique farming method uh, solely for them. The crime rate. Now, listen, if you're planning a trip for the winter and you're planning to go here, the crime rate is very low. So it is considered a safe tourist destination for world travelers. All right. Uh, here's an interesting fact. I gave you the stats earlier about how many islands are in that area. Uh, several islands are untouched, and that's why a lot of celebrities who got who have the big bucks will rent out their own island with a tro- with a resort. So there are a lot of islands that haven't had any human ca- uh, beings there. So it is very common for somebody to rent an entire island. There is a tropical fruit, which is basically known as the Maldivian coconut. And that is found in abundance in the Maldives. Uh, The name they have for the coconut I found funny. The name for this coconut is called Karumba. (laughs) Uh, You do not need a, a visa to enter the island nation. Every tourist that visits is given a 30-day tourist visa. So there is no need for you to go out of your way to get a visa because when you land on the island nation, you are given a 30-day tourist visa. The primary mode of transportation to visit the island nation is by air. So you can fly there. That's the most popular way to get there. I try to go out of my way every week to uh, accommodate my vegetarian listeners and my vegan listeners. According to World Travelers, the the Maldives has many vegetarian and vegan offerings at their restaurants. Flying foxes and various species of birds and lizards are endemic to the Maldives. Some people believe that the name Maldives translates to palace. Although, there are other stories regarding how they were named. A national dish. The national dish of the Maldives is basically a smoked fish with grated coconuts and onions stuffed in a pastry. That sounds pretty good. All right. All right. Uh, Because it is a Muslim area... Uh, There are certain laws that they frown upon. So they do not like public displays of affection. And they do not like revealing swimsuits and public alcohol consumption. So it's best to just lay low. The leading industry in the island nation is tourism. They're currently constructing a city that will float on water. Doesn't that sound fascinating? So they are currently uh, constructing an island city that will float on water in that area. The Maldivian flag was adopted in 1965. And that was the year they gained their independence and established their republic. But they didn't establish the republic until 1968. The government of the Maldives is a multi-party constitutional democracy. I found that interesting. So they basically have an elected president as their main leader, and he is elected through the voting process. Make sure you bring your sunscreen, because that area sits on the equator, so the sun is much stronger than other areas of the world. Now, here's a fun fact. seaplanes. Have you ever seen some of these TV shows where they have planes that, uh, that fly right above sea level? Okay. They're very popular in that area. Uh, however, to rent one is very expensive. Although the area is the most popular honeymoon destination in that part of the world, the divorce rate is huge. They have a very high divorce rate in the area. As I mentioned a couple times already, whale sharks are very popular in the area. And it's one of the few locations that you can see whale sharks year-round. So shark watching is actually very popular. Okay? I think the underwater restaurants and the underwater hotel... Uh, is one of the most fascinating things that I learned about the area. But in 2009, the very first in history of an underwater cabinet meeting was held in the Maldives in 2009. So they basically had a cabinet meeting in a room that was underwater. So I find that... uh, Pretty fascinating. All right. Uh, All right. They have many coconut trees in the area. And the average coconut tree that you see in that area is 100 years old. All right. Now, if you're listening to this episode anywhere in the world, 88% of my listeners are international. All right, so 88% of the people listening to this show are outside of the United States. So if you're listening to this show outside of the United States, keep in mind, you might be saying to yourself, well, it's too expensive to go there. It's a beautiful island paradise. I really don't have can't afford it. Just so you know, you can have a vacation in this area of the world for uh, on the cheap so it's very affordable world travelers said that hey uh it's not that expensive to go there if you really look around so i want to stress i just want to stress that because a lot of times i'll do a show and i'll talk about an area of the world that is uh, a tourist attraction and people say well i can't afford it uh there are world travelers online that say it, it is affordable You can go there at a reasonable price. Before I get into the Christmas food facts, let's talk a little bit about Maldivian cuisine. But stay tuned for the Christmas fun food facts. Maldivian cuisine, coconut, fish, and starches are the primary elements of Maldivian cuisine. One of the essential ingredients for a lot of their cuisine is tuna. What Coconut also plays a major role in the dishes of Maldivian cuisine. As I mentioned earlier, seafood is a major element of their cuisine. And the most popular seafood in Maldivian cuisine is called skipjack tuna. I love that name. I've never heard of it. But it's called skipjack tuna. When I mentioned earlier that starchy items are a main component in the cuisine of the Maldives, I was talking about rice, sweet potatoes, and things of that nature. A lot of curries are in Maldivian cuisine, so they use a lot of curries. All right, listen, everyone. I want everyone to give themselves a round of applause. I think we gave every single fun fact that there is about the Maldives. And I think we gave every single fun fact that is possible for Maldivian cuisine. Now, let's start talking about the fun part. I'll bet you're probably sitting at home saying, Hey, how come I eat certain things at Christmas time? Or if you don't celebrate Christmas and you and you celebrate another uh, holiday... You're probably thinking, well, why do these people eat this, these things at Christmas? So let's get started. We're going to talk about the stories behind the foods you eat at Christmas. Before turkey became the traditional Christmas dinner, roasted goose was the traditional dinner protein at Christmas time. So originally, they ate roasted goose at Christmas dinner. Now, King Henry VIII is the one that made having roasted turkey popular at Christmas dinner. So once he started eating roasted turkey, every year on Christmas dinner, that's when roasted turkey became popular as a Christmas dinner uh, food. But before roasted turkey, they used to eat roasted goose every year. And it was very popular... Uh, for roasted goose to be served at Christmas dinner. But then King Henry VIII uh, started having roasted turkey, and that's when roasted turkey uh, took the top spot. Here's a fun fact. I want everyone, I'm going to give you two seconds to hold on to your chair. This could be one of the fun facts of the show. Animal crackers were introduced during Christmas time. In the year 1902. And originally, animal crackers were sold with a string. And that was for the purpose of you hanging it on your Christmas tree. What? So animal crackers came out during Christmas time in 1902. And they used to come with a string so that you could hang it on your Christmas tree. Now here's a fun fact about candy canes. You're probably sitting at home saying, "Where did candy canes come from? Who invented candy canes?" Now here's the funny story: candy canes were invented by a choir director. Okay, so a guy used to, uh, he used to be a choir director, and he used to have trouble with people. Uh, the little kids would not shut up when he was hosting a, when his choir was singing. Okay, follow me. So you had a choir director who used to have trouble getting the kids to stay silent when he was when the choir was singing. So what he did was he went and he invented the candy cane. Okay, and. That was in the year 1670. So candy canes have been around since the year 1670. Basically, the choir director was just trying to keep the kids to shut up while the choir was singing. So he went home and he made some candy canes. And he noticed that when he gave the candy canes to the kids, they would would chew on the candy cane and they would be quiet. So he started giving them to the children so they would be quiet. And now today, in the year 2023, almost 2 million candy canes are made every year. So how about that? So this guy just wanted the kids to stay quiet during the choir. So he invented the candy cane. And now 2 million candy canes are sold every Christmas season. The early New England settlers used to actually give out carrot cookies. Now, you've heard of carrot cakes, but the early New England settlers would give out carrot cookies during Christmas. Now, once again, King Henry VIII has played a major role in in current Christmas meal traditions. So, King Henry VIII was the first king... To routinely eat turkey at Christmas dinner. And then, two kings later, after him, the turkey became a traditional Christmas meal. Centuries ago, oranges were a normal gift to give to someone at Christmas time in England. So, at one time, you would receive oranges for Christmas. I'm sure everyone has heard of giving the gift of fruitcake during the Christmas season. Why is fruitcake associated with Christmas? I'm going to tell you now. Back in ancient times, both fruit and sugar were very, very expensive. So they would only make fruitcakes on special occasions. And fruitcake got linked to Christmas because it was a special occasion. And that is because fruit and sugar at one time were very, very expensive. I thought I was the only one. How many people out there, let's show, raise your hands. How many people have ever eaten mincemeat pie? I always thought it was just meat. Uh, But it turns out that mincemeat pie, which I love, at one time would be made with actual meat. That is why it's called mincemeat pie. So they used to mix meat into the pie. And that is where it got its name, mincemeat pie. Then people started saying, hey, the sugar in the meat don't taste right. It tastes kind of weird. And that's when they got rid of the meat. But the reason that mincemeat pie is called mincemeat pie is because it originally was made with meat. And then they got rid of the meat and just made it a sweet uh, dish. Here's an interesting fun fact. Everyone has heard of cranberry sauce being served during Christmas dinner. But a recent poll surveyed that said 70% of the people that were polled do not like cranberry sauce. So they interviewed a whole bunch of people, thousands of people, and 70% said they can't stand cranberry sauce. Yet $6.5 million in sales of cranberry sauce every single year. So somebody explain that to me. If seven out of ten people don't like it, how are they selling six and a half million cans of cranberry? That's bizarre. Now, let's talk about the famous eggnog. All right, so you're probably saying to yourself, how did eggnog uh, get invented? Eggnog at Christmas time dates back to the medieval times in Britain. And it just so happened to be served during Christmas time. And that is how eggnog was linked to Christmas. So, eggnog has been made at Christmas time, dating back to the medieval times. Another Christmas tradition is gingerbread houses. So, let's talk about the building of gingerbread houses in Christmas. That became popular due to the fairy tale Hansel and Gretel. Has anyone heard of the fairy tale Hansel and Gretel? Let's show hands. Uh, let's show your hands. Have you heard of the fairy tale Hansel and Gretel? Okay. The building of gingerbread houses comes from the fairy tale Hansel and Gretel in 17th century Europe. Back then, only professional bakers were allowed to make gingerbread. Okay. So you had to have an, be an actual professional baker to be allowed to make gingerbread. But they would waive that rule during Christmas time. So they said, "Hey, look, we'll give you Christmas. At Christmas time, you guys are allowed everyone's allowed to make gingerbread houses. But the rest of the year, back in in those times, the rest of the year, they were not allowed to make gingerbread unless you were a professional. So you weren't allowed to bake with gingerbread unless you were a professional. And then they said, we'll lift that during Christmas. And that is how gingerbread houses became linked to Christmas. Another fun fact is because Christmas lands in the summer in Australia, barbecuing is a Christmas tradition in Australia. But here's an even funner fact that you can stump your family with at Christmas dinner. In Japan, due to a marketing campaign by KFC, it is very popular in the country of Japan. To go to KFC on Christmas Eve. Most of the Japanese love to go to KFC on Christmas Eve. It's a very, very popular thing to do. Uh, this, might be, this might be the fun fact of the episode. I want everyone hold on to your chairs. This could be the fun fact of this episode. Everyone has heard of kissing someone... Under the mistletoe. Now, where do you think that came from? That came from, in ancient times, mistletoe was used as an aphrodisiac. And I know we have a lot of young people that listen to the show and they do their high school projects uh, based upon the show. So I'm not going to get specific. But I'm just going to say, you know how Viagra is used today? In ancient times, mistletoe was used similar to Viagra. And that's all I'm going to say. I know I've heard from a lot of high school students that listen to the show. And they do their projects based upon the show. So I'm just going to say that kissing someone under the mistletoe. Uh, is because back in ancient times, mistletoe was used much like Viagra is used today. A lot of people have Brussels sprouts during Christmas dinner. But did you know that Brussels sprouts date all the way back to Victorian times? And they believed that eating mini cabbage would make them healthier. Uh, Brussels sprouts are considered a Christmas food because they grow in cold temperatures. How about le- how about the tradition? Has anyone left milk and cookies out for Santa Claus? I'm sure many of my listeners have done that. Did you know that even today, in the year 2023, the amount of milk and cookies that are sold. To be left out for Santa Claus is roughly one hundred and eighty-nine million dollars in milk and cookies sold at Christmas, so that the kids can leave them out for Santa Claus. Wow! Here's another fun fact. Did you know? Now I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise a lot of people with this fun fact. Did you know that stuffing? is the number one thing that causes salmonella poisoning. And why is that? Food poisoning, I'm sorry. Stuffing is the number one cause of food poisoning during the holidays. And that is because a lot of people stuff the stuffing into the turkey, and the turkey is not fully cooked. So just so you know, the number one cause of food poisoning during the holidays, is stuffing. So keep uh, be careful with your stuffing. All right, now I'm going to get back to candy canes because I love the story behind how the candy cane was invented. I love that story, and if you're just checking in with us now, go back and listen to the part where I explain how candy canes were invented. At one time, candy canes were straight. And then they added the hook at the end in 1882. And that is so people can hang them from their Christmas tree. But up until 1882, candy canes were just straight. And then in 1882, they said, hey, you know, we can put these on our Christmas tree if we add the hook at the end. And that is why the candy cane has a hook. Uh, The National Candy Cane Day. Did you guys know that National Candy Cane Day is December 26th? The average person gains 2 to 5 pounds during the Christmas season. And that is because the average person consumes around 7,000 calories during the holiday meals. Have you ever heard of vision? Oh, here's a fun fact. I want everyone to hold on to your chairs. I want everyone right now hold on to your chair for this fun fact. Have you guys ever heard of visions of sugar plums dancing in their heads? You've heard of that phrase, right? Sugar plums are not plums at all. Sugar plum is an actual hard candy. And it is shaped like a plum, so it's called a sugar plum. So if you ever think that sugar plums dancing in their heads is an actual fruit, type, uh, fruit, it's not. It's a hard candy. So when you hear the phrase, visions of sugar plums dancing in their heads, they're talking about hard candy. I'm going to give you a couple fun facts about eggnog. And then I'm going to give you a couple fun facts about candy canes. And then I think we're going to wrap it up. First fun fact. President George Washington was a famous lover of eggnog. And George Washington would mix three different types of liquor into his eggnog. And just so you know, based upon the research I've done, most of the people in in, in the centuries ago would mix alcohol into their eggnog. In the year 1826, there was a riot. Because cadets at West Point Military Academy decided to spike their eggnog because of a direct defiance to the no-alcohol rule. So there was an actual riot over eggnog in 1826. And that is because West Point Military cadets, in defiance of a no-alcohol policy, made spiked eggnog. And because they were so drunk, they destroyed the barracks, and there were two very serious injuries from fighting. In 1986, here's a fun fact, they created an eggnog latte, which took the world by storm. And it was created by a Seattle coffee shop owner, okay, okay? Now, guess who that Seattle coffee shop owner was? He was the current founder and CEO of Starbucks. I believe his name's Harold Schultz. I'm not positive. But he owned a regular coffee shop in Seattle before he invested in Starbucks. And in 1986, his store created an eggnog latte. And Starbucks actually kept the eggnog latte on their menu. All the way up till 2021. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I gave a lot of fun facts on the podcast platform about uh, Starbucks and McDonald's, all these major companies that y- you can go to the podcast platform and get some more fun facts. Most eggnog beverages are only very popular in the UK and the United States. I didn't know that. So, worldwide. Eggnog is not as popular as it is in the UK and the United States. Uh, it's very popular in the UK and America. Christmas Eve, december twenty fourth, is actually not national eggnog day. Now I, I gotta double check. This is this is insane. The United States consumes a whopping one hundred And 35 million pounds of eggnog every year. That's a lot. Now, let's talk about gravy. Everyone has had gravy at Christmas dinner. Did you know that gravy has been around since the 14th century? Who would have known that gravy has been in existence since the 14th century? The Italian bread, panettone, takes three days to make. And that is the minimum amount of time. If you have ever had pigs in a blanket at Christmas time, keep in mind the pigs in a blanket vary around the world. Okay? So there are different forms of pigs in a blanket. All right? It's not uniform around the world. Each country has a different a different take. The oldest Christmas fruitcake is 140 years old so there is a fruitcake in existence today that was made over 140 years ago roasted turkey is the most common christmas food so if you're wondering what do most people eat at christmas time roasted turkey is the most popular thing consumed at Christmas. Roasted turkey. All right, we've got one more, and then we're going to wrap it up. Up, oh, and we're going to end the show with this fun fact. All right, here's the fun fact we're going to end the show with. Did you guys know that Jingle Bells was originally written as a Thanksgiving song And if you listen to the words of the song, it makes total sense. Okay? Jingle Bells was written as a Thanksgiving song, but it just became popular for Christmas. But the next time you listen to the song Jingle Bells, uh, keep in mind that was written, the original intention was to be written for Thanksgiving. All right, everyone, we're going to wrap the show up. I'm going to thank everyone for listening. If you're one of my regular listeners, you can uh, see, I'll see you next Thursday. Uh, But last week, we had over 50% of our listeners were brand new. So I just want to explain how you can listen to 173 past episodes. Go to your favorite podcast platform, Spotify. My show does very well on iHeartRadio. Joe Rogan said, Hey, Unless Kevin Wilson's on Spotify, I'm not doing a show. So I'm on Spotify, iHeartRadio. This show does very well on Amazon Music. Amazon Music's one of the most popular platforms. So you can go to your favorite podcast platform and put in Learn About World Cuisine into the search engine and then be sure to subscribe to the show. Now, I had people asking me, they said, Kevin, I don't listen to podcasts. I only listen to your show. If you subscribe to a show, that means your phone is going to give you a text message every time a new episode comes out. So, it's, I always suggest that you subscribe. So, you can go to your favorite podcast platform. Hey, how many people have the A-L-E-X-A device? How many people have an Amazon Smart device? How many people have a Google smart device? All you got to do is say, A-L-E-X-A, play the latest episode of the Learn About World Cuisine podcast, and she'll play it, okay? Or you can go to your Siri, or you can go to your Google smart player, and it'll play the show. Now, I'm going to do everyone a favor. I don't want anyone giving me any money for this tip, okay? But you can bypass everything, and you can go to my website, phillyrestaurantreviews.com. And on my website, I have a link to all 173 past episodes. So all you got to do is go to com, and not only can you click a link for all 173 past episodes, you can also communicate with me on the front page. So there's, a, uh, there's a, a form you can fill out on the front page of the website. And that form will give me any message you want to send. You can communicate. I'll get the message within seconds. So if you want to bypass and you don't feel like searching, just go to my website phillyrestaurantreviews.com and I have a link to all the episodes. Okay. Uh, somebody said, well, you're explaining how we can listen to the show. But what is the show? Uh, Basically, every week I do about six hours of research. And I take a different location around the world. And what I do is I give you fun, mind blowing facts about the location first. And then we talk about their cuisine. So, if you like fun facts, this is the show for you. I only pick the facts that are interesting. I did a show a couple weeks ago that had a rich history. A lot of those historical points are not interesting, so I kind of skipped over a lot of them. I only give you fun facts. So, anything that is interesting to learn, I'll give you. So, I want to thank my regular listeners. We're we're on a roll. Our last few months have been extraordinary. So I want to encourage you to keep listening. And keep in mind a new episode comes out every Thursday at 6 a.m. So every Thursday at 6 a.m. you'll find a brand new episode. So if it's Thursday morning, it's time for you to go to your favorite podcast platform or phillyrestaurantreviews.com. And listen to the latest episode of the Learn About World Cuisine podcast. I'm going to talk to everyone next Thursday.